we both made it. Well, okay, she's 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 in her right place. I am clearly traveling around and and you know back in my mom's basement. Off, off, Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> the Christmas face. Well, you know, and summer and whatever I happen to show up back down on on Route sixty. We stopped. Okay, so. You got, you drive down Route 66, right? We stopped properly at Uranus Fudge Factory, spelled like the planet. Don't get any ideas, right? <laughs> the, the poor staff have to. You've made that place. Hey, <laughs> hey, I I should. I mean, you know, maybe maybe that's what I'll use for our cover for this episode, right? The Uranus Fudge Factory. Um, <laughs> And and this time I actually had time to stop and you know properly shop and and you know a garden gnome may have been purchased olives olives nice. there were garlic stuffed olives they're very tasty fudge that, yeah the fudge olives fudge good. is good various games and puzzles you know it's like it 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 was the the um faux version of every gift shop ever along middle america route 66 yes we i did it i did it i came out with heaving bags full of christmas presents which turned out good because everybody in the house got sick and no christmas shopping happened except for my going to the mall (laughs) on christmas uh the 23rd right the day before christmas eve um so we have we've had do you guys have the, the 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 crazy rushes in the malls there well, I hadn't been to a mall in a long time. So this mall, so we are, we, we actually do, we, we always, because we care about you guys, plan ahead for the topic that we're going to cover in, in, in tonight's episode. We do actually have a plan for this one, which we may get to, who knows, <laughs> but since we aim we, to, we, well, we aim to, and I, for, you know, I managed to mess up the opening and not give you my little, you know cryptic who knows what we're going to talk about run credits no no we're just here tonight um because programming must continue even if rachel's tech skills flutter <laughs> about in in, in 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 many fashions however since this is our last episode of 2023 which will end memorably on december 31st with the Americanized date form of one two three one two three. Ooh, isn't that cool? Mm. Right, twelve thirty one twenty three. Yeah. How how often does that happen? Well, it happened a hundred years ago, right? So <laughs> <laughs> we figured we've, we a once in a century. What? We're gonna are we gonna celebrate the numbers, the special numerology? Yes. Yes. Well, we're gonna we're gonna celebrate we're gonna celebrate time travel. And, and 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 backstory and exactly where are we i i when i was in the we, there's a very nice dog park in the the town where my mom is and i was wandering around the dog park today thinking what can we possibly do and i realized i want to predict the future and i'm like i don't know how to do that i'm a historian <laughs> right? i don't know how to predict the future i'm like reading um uh alexander mccrease's contemplations on the tree of woe and he he's done a very good post for for the end of the year with his predictions of what's going to happen. World War Three, we're in it. 
Goody. <laughs> well, he did predict the fall of the dollar last year, so you know he's doing pretty well right now. And 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 then I was like, well, you know, we could we could we could play at predicting the future. How how? And then I couldn't find Chris. I couldn't find a a a, a bitmoji that showed the crystal ball anymore. They seem to have lost it. So, oh. so we just count down, I guess, to to wherever okay. we're going. Anyway, that was a long riff on. I uh, going to the mall. Um, the mall was actually built when I was here in high school. So this is a his this okay. is a historic mall that I went shopping in. It was built when I was in high school. All the rats ran. We had a cat at at that point that um, was a good hunter, and rats appeared, dead ones. <laughs> oh, he was bringing presents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is a she kitty her 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 very you know well-crafted name was kitty and um she um showed up with lots of rats which apparently fled from the construction i remember those rats wow. fleeing from the construction of the mall anyway so now i went to the mall which has gone through a facelift and a rearrangement of anchor stores and stuff like that and some of the shops mm -hmm. are the same as the ones that were there when I was growing up, but all of the people are different. <laughs> mm. <laughs> this neighborhood has changed a lot in the last. Mm. Well, I graduated from high school, uh, high school in nineteen eighty two. So, so from early eighties to now, what do you notice? It the difference. Uh, well, the mall is now very cosmopolitan. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Which is pretty pretty interesting going because we're not really on a port here. <laughs> we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I guess we're on a port of the Route 66 railway line, right? Um, mm -hmm. And it's clear. I mean, there was one shop that was, you know, um, had Dragon in the title. I should have been taking photos. Dragon. I bought I bought some good luck elephants there. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> they were gold there's a set of them there's like eight of them you can put them in a row i i, I you know i was I, I was in i was in ornamental mode so there you go elephants oh gotcha yeah the homewares it yeah the homewares kicks in <laughs> the homewares cravings kick in around the whole well place. okay but they're also so i don't know i don't know what you have in in australia in terms of mall but back in back in the 70s when all the malls were really like mm -hmm. being built, seventies and eighties, um, the seventies mall that we had in in Louisville, that before we moved here, um, had a gift shop called Spencer's. Do you ever have Spencer's gift shops? Mm, I don't think so. Blacklight posters. Just think that. Oh, okay. In the malls. Yep. Right, uh, they're always in the malls, and you know, and and yeah. and you know the the one the, the the one here has lots of piercing jewelry, which I kind of want a better ring for my ear, but I I don't think they had any diamonds, so mm -hmm. just that you know, uh, there were a variety of T-shirts, some Christian, some the opposite, <laughs> all jumbled together, right? <laughs> And, and then, and then, of course, I was looking for posters because there are people in my in my orbit that need new posters. And I found a Jefferson Airplane, Alice in Wonderland, feed your head. Uh -huh. This this was good shopping. I, 
I, Psychedelic I, yeah. with. <laughs> but that I think that shop, that Spencer's has been there since the mall opened, so I, that wasn't new. And I'm and the Dragon Shop I think has been there for quite some time. So it 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 was interesting. It's like I could feel the change. I mean, there's a lot more Catholic stuff there than there was when I was growing up. How's that? It's interesting. In, in a mall. mall, yeah, in a mall. The, the the never you would never see that in Australia. Well, the Dragon Shop one, okay, so where I got the, the, the nice elephants, had lots of nice elephants. That was good. Had lots of posters mm-hmm. of, I mean, Elvis was one of them, but I'm assuming there were other figures of, of cultural attention at the, at the moment. I didn't see any yay posters, so consider, <laughs> right? But depending on what he's tweeted, it's either on the shop floor or in the back room. <laughs> You know, there weren't a, there weren't any blanks in the display, so I don't know where they you know whether they rapidly were pulling things down or not. Um, oh, so Casey says I remember yeah. Spencer's gifts. It was right next to the merry-go-round clothes. Right, that sounds about right. Got my lava lamp at Spencer's. Ken, they still had them. There's more. <laughs> you could get a new lava lamp. Um, Ken, did you throw the axes? They used to have axe throwing in Uranus, at least. Um, uh, I didn't see the axe throwing. I didn't go into the sideshow. I just went into the actual proper like fudge shop with the gifts and everything. So I will consider. We we go down that that road regularly, so we could stop again and find the axes. I I did, however, for one of my gift my one of my gifts in my in the mall, I got some throwing stars. So we're we're on the right r- wavelength here. Right. Anyway, um, the posters in the dragon shop were all of people smoking. Like yeah, it like you know, I it was stu- it was stunning to me. I mean, there was some there was some nice you know Virgin of Guadalupe's and things like that, but the the, the mm-hmm. general vibe of the shop was cigarettes. There's all these like influencers smoking, the Joker, the you know the I I, I wish I you know had more cultural cachet. I have no idea who most of these characters were, <laughs> but I did notice the cigarettes. <laughs> Uh, there were some godfathers. They're all smokers. They're all smokers. All smokers. So smoking mm-hmm. is clearly, yeah. The, I, the Spencer's is not really a, a, a good indicator because that's like a perennial of these malls from the 70s, right? The, the sort of lava lamps and piercings. And you, you see, I knew what they were all along. There, there's the, 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 the uh, lingerie and toys in the back. <laughs> Oh, gotcha. <laughs> so it's just various shades of hedonism from the front door to the back. Yes, in the mall. Yes. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, but, but you know, the, the department stores, I was, I was also listening, I've been listening to E. Michael Jones talk some, and he, had, he was talking about how his memory of Christmas from the 50s was department stores. And indeed, yeah, the, the department mm. store, the anchor stores on the mall, um, you know, the... They didn't have the kind of displays we have in Chicago, for sure. They, they weren't up, up, up there. But the, all the staff were wearing sweaters with pictures on them. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes three-dimensional stuff, too. Christmas trees with ornaments and tinsel and stuff. Everyone was trying oh, very hard. We don't get to do the sweaters thing as much as you guys, because it's usually very hot here during Christmas. But we're having freak freak weather change which a lot of people 
I mean, everyone in Australia will know. It <laughs> hailed. But if anyone's if anyone's had a look at the the weather down here, oh yeah, it hailed. So we had a white Christmas, which was hail the size of our entire hand, basically. <laughs> um, there was a cyclone that has destroyed half of the state of Queensland. Uh, the state of Victoria had a crazy storm. It's just been cold and wet. There's no summer whatsoever. So this is probably the only Christmas I can remember here for a while where we can we can do the woolen jumpers with the the crazy stuff on it. Uh, yeah, because we usually don't. By the, by the time Christmas Day rolls around here, we're all in thongs or flip-flops, <laughs> as you guys call yeah, them. Yeah, thongs are something <laughs> yeah. else. Thongs are what thong. you buy at Spencer's yeah, in yeah. the back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we don't need to go to Spencer's for our thongs. Um, and, you know, we're like in bikinis at the beach and stuff. So, yeah, um, we're, we're aligning with you guys. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I saw a few cool jumpers, but usually you don't get to see a lot of them. We're, we're, we're usually in like pastel beachwear by this time of year. Yeah. Well, so I, do you, do mean, you have the a California <laughs> Christmas. I mean, they ne it never gets snow there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, something like that. So, no shoes. No, yeah. Usually the time, usually the time of year where you can just throw shoes away, which is really nice. Mm. So, what do we think is going to happen in the future? Oh. <laughs> Well, weather reports in Australia <laughs> indicate that we're probably going to be uh, in the middle of another cyclone. In the, I, I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? Should we play? Should we play, play prediction? We can't. So, I, so we I, have. I, I, I don't know if I want to get. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I want to. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure I want to play Everything prediction because I don't know if I'm any good at it. But I was I no. was thinking it's like. If we were, we've, we've now we've streamed for a year and, and four months, as it were, right? Five months, not quite mm -hmm. a year and a half. And I was, I, so I was actually thinking back, it's like, what did we stream about in 2023? It's been a wild year, right? Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm back at the beginning of the year again, not watching rom-coms this time. This time I was watching um, Patrick Coffin and Tony Eastland's Christmas, Christmas shows recommended and I, we can report that jimmy stewart in a shop around the corner set in budapest interestingly is actually really good that was the best of the ones we oh. saw yeah that one was that one was excellent very nicely very nicely done oh, but um making me think about shops and all these ones from the 40s we could do another episode on those so so thinking about what happened with the the movies what we've done with I mean, we've done various episodes on Easter and meditations on Christ. We had Barbie. Mm. Um, we did. Barbie. Uh, we did a lot of Barbie. We <laughs> and and our and our greatest hits, like what men want and what women want. Clearly people want. See, I, the thing is, I think we're not we're not actually serving our public properly if we don't tell them the future and what they want. They watch us to know what they want. So we need to tell them <laughs> what, what they want. Uh, um, 
we haven't revisited the yay the yay episodes, but but you know we're we're attending to, be, to, 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 to know that we've been doing our study, and and we both have we both have books to show off that we've been be reading. Now, Kiltz has just found the book that she pulled off the shelf, and which is is very interesting. I, yeah, I um. <laughs> we can promise so, this for the future. We're gonna know more stuff. How's that? That's our first. Well, in order to know the future, you have to know the past, right? And see, you're a professional predictor of the past. So <laughs> I found this in the in the bookstore the other day. I didn't buy it just because I'm uh, hating on the Anglo's all the time. Although, <laughs> except you are, but that's okay. I am, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> Uh, it's because of the blurb, which I thought was fantastic because we found a, we found a kindred spirit in Neil Ferguson <laughs> who said, uh, the, the blurb for this book is empire is one of the most successful and controversial history books of recent years, brilliantly retelling the story of Britain's imperial past. It shows how a gang of buccaneers and gold diggers from a rainy Island in the North Atlantic came to build the most powerful empire in all history, how it ended and how for better or worse, it made our world what it is today. So <laughs> pirates and gold diggers, buccaneers and gold diggers. And I thought, no, I, I must own this for the blurb alone. So I'll be going through but that. But this soon. is, but uh, yes, mm. good. And, but the thing is, why do, why do you even need to? We already knew it. Clearly, clearly, if you're if you're watching us, True. you have <laughs> such high quality, you know, predictions and and study that one of the best you know British historians in the world can't beat us. <laughs> <laughs> At least this penguin blurb. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're gonna be. So we can predict we're gonna be reading more about the empire. That that's, that's yes cool. always reading more about the empire yeah, yeah. Uh, um the the, the so, oh and we should say we have even though under stress of covid and travel and um christmas celebrations and so forth we are continuing to work on act two of draco chemicus um act one those of you who are desperately hoping to get the books we're beginner kickstarters just saying <laughs> <laughs> there always, there's, there's always another step that we haven't considered that we need to deal with and the and, the, and we're, we're working through all of those we have the books they're all packaged up we need to figure out how to charge you all for the for the shipping uh, which meant that i spent i don't have that book to, to to show the camera but i spent the last week reading um david graber's debt the first five thousand oh, yeah. years yes and i you know i was i was actually reading it as the it's a sort of like corollary to E. Michael Jones's Baron Metal, right? Because E. Michael Jones's Baron Metal is a great history of usury, capitalism, and labor and such. Graeber, um, I was we I was reading a little book, The Utopia of Rules, that he talks about bureaucracy and and that started turning into things that we are definitely going to be able to use in Drake Alchemicus in the way that things play out for the characters once they get to Act Three, which is called The Market. Right. So we're mm -hmm. having to learn about various things about finances and pirating and and gold digging and mining and, and such like that. So um, the bureaucracy came into it. And then my husband had had debt um, already. So I was like, OK, I need to read it. Well, my mom had a copy, so I read her copy. And he has some he was a um, graduate student of Marshall Solon's at the University of Chicago. Uh, I knew Marshall 
because Marshall was like one of the most famous professors we have. Um, I actually had read mm-hmm. one of Marshall Solins's very famous books, a little one in college when I took some anthropology classes. Um, Graeber studied with Solins. Um, he also studied with the Komarovs, who did a lot of work on Africa. And he did his field work in Madagascar. And then somehow managed to both get a job at Yale and not get tenure at Yale. Which is... <laughs> don't know what else there was. Incredibly be... lucky and unlucky. <laughs> Something like that. And then, and then got later hired at, I think, London School of Economics. Definitely in London. And started mm-hmm. writing these mind-blowing books on the anthropology of um, debt and market and slavery, um, you know, sort of reintegrating the economic into all of these other human systems. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I've been sharing sharing some of some of what I read with on that with the the group, and you know, just mind blown over how we need to rethink what money is which mm. is one of the things that um, Alexander was doing on Contemplations of the Tree of Well. We've all been thinking about this. It's like, you know, the, the, we've gone off the gold standard. Now we're on all this fiat currency, mm-hmm. you know, the world, the, 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 the Russia, uh, China and Iran and Russia, they're all, you know, trading without the dollar. Everything's going to, Graeber died in 2020. <laughs> oh, he hasn't, having, like, he was one of the ones who actually um, organized Occupy in 2011 in new york ah. yeah so he's like and his book on debt came out that year so uh in 20 no 2008 um in the book so he's missing the BRICS revolution in real time uh-huh yeah. i mean it, and i can't it, it's you know it's terrible that he died because he'd be watching all of this and being able to see yeah what's going on because he his his prediction yeah. in debt was we've gone from a a, a period in which gold the the coinage and bullion was was central to the system to now we're not and he was confidently back in 2011 you know predicting no we could be on this for another 500 years it's just at the beginning and i'm like well it's all crashing down right now 10 years later <laughs> be careful what you modest little prediction that you made of of the uh you know sort of oh we're who knows what we're going to see well we're going to see what happens in i mean what's funny about this is his his okay so there's i should i didn't plan to talk about this because i haven't absorbed it properly yet but he has several big cycles and he says money starts actually um out of uh it's it, it's not out of mark it's not out of the myth of barter and it's not out of you know, markets coming out of this, you know, exchange and having to be there, there's the, the, everything starts out much more, much more personal. And in fact, develops out of the commutation of um, brides into slave girls. Hmm. I, I, mind blown, have to sit, sit down and, and unpack all of this. But so hmm. that actual money doesn't come in until centuries after you've already got systems of credit and um the use of human beings it's like the the prime the prime unit of value in all human exchanges is a young woman and um with bride gifts that's proving that there's no way you can actually pay anybody back for that with slavery it's obviously the inversion 
uh, as you know, claiming that you can have someone who is only worth their body as opposed to mm. a bride who is worth all of her relations and all of her ability to have children and all of all of the human interactions that you're, you have because of a network of associations. Slaves are ripped out of all of that and turned mm. into pure body. And that, that, that money develops out of that uh, kind of transformation. Coinage is actually a, a, a the 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 way that you have empires, massive armies, and markets because markets develop in order to allow the soldiers who have plundered all the gold to buy stuff. Yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> so that there's all these other kinds of interactions yeah. before. The, the the state gets involved the state gets involved in order to give the army play stuff to buy and that imperial mm. coinage period is like the 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 500 bc to 500 ad period that thousand years and then the next thousand years i like this right the, the middle ages when you all those coin economies collapse mm -hmm. you, re, you 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 don't revert to barter as such but you go back to a, a kind of more um, local credit associations and such. And that, mm -hmm. that they, it, it was a nice book to find out that the Middle Ages were actually the good period. Although it's complicated because <laughs> he doesn't think it's Europe that's a good period. He thinks it's India and China, but never mind. And, okay. And, and then that our empire, pirates, gold digging, mining, that economy all yeah. starts in the 16th century, just as we've been talking about, specifically with the the Spanish conquest of the New World and all the mine the silver and gold that they pull out of North uh, North and South America, but this this was the the tidbit that I thought was most interesting. All of the silver and gold that comes from South America goes through Spain. Some of it's stolen by pirates and taken to England. Guess where most of it ends up? I'll say England. No, not England. Where does it go? China. Ah! Most of the South American silver ends up in China. And most of the gold, he says, completely offhand, ends up in Hindu temples. They trade it all wow. to Asia to get the spices and slaves and all of this stuff right so that is amazing i know i was like but i you guys you, i was just like reading this for the last week it's going oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh brides commuted into slave girls no yes. markets are actually you know instruments of state and coinage is this way to you know it's coin all of these things that are taken out of their human relation mm -hmm. space right yeah. they're they're in they're fungible as the the economists like to say you could you can trade them without knowing each other they it's between strangers you don't exchange mm. brides between strangers you exchange slaves between strangers mm. yes <laughs> that makes sense so now my I, my whole my whole you know like story has been rearranged and reinforced yeah on basis of what we've been talking about with the mining is really, really important because the minerals and where they go that mm. I knew, I knew about the, the, the silver that goes to Spain, it doesn't enrich Spain. I didn't know that it ended up in China. That's very interesting. And it makes sense, right? That the, the balance yeah. of trade is such that 
all of that South American silver goes to China to pay for the stuff that the Europeans want from China. And the mm. gold ends up in, in, in um, India. In India. Yeah. And not That's in Europe. So that Europe has to be in this perpetual pirate mode. Um, and then things yeah. like the Bank of England is actually, this is another great you know sort of tidbit. The Bank in England is based on the debt of the king. Right. So if you get all those coins stamped to the head of the king, that's the king owes this <laughs> and that all of our modern economies running on debt. Right. This is the idea. Just what Fox has talked about all the time, that banks create money because they they just make debt. That's mm-hmm. that's true. Right. But the yeah. Graeber is trying to show the way in which that this plays out one over the whole of human history and two in these different cycles of when it's coinage and when it's not. And if we are Mm -hmm. now in a period when it's not coinage, but it's only not been coined, it's only not been gold-based for about the time that we were going to do our historical experiment since the seventies. Yeah. Who knows what we're in now? How can you predict the future off of that? Mm. Well, we don't, just thinking about this because the we're not we're not in the period where we can even say for certain what we're trading between east and west right now we're in a moment where there's a war over the waterways just for for control over the trade routes themselves right so it's sort of like there's a there's a mystery around the currency that we're using for all of that and also the currents that we're using for the physical shipping of everything we're in a moment of complete unknowns there and uh (laughs) that's why i don't want to make predictions because australia's australia's it's swinging uh, as a pendulum between east and west and we're precariously positioned between the two because it's a, it's a, it's it's sort of like by accident a western country but we're we're geographically as east as you could possibly be right. so uh where we're going to go is just it's it's very difficult to know um although i w- i was happy to see as vox commented in his blog that australia has decided not to send uh troops to the red sea right. which is refreshing because that would be a first for us uh, in in refusing to send troops for international conflict, to to back whatever uh, monetary system we're we're participating in, so it's 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 an interesting time. Mm. <laughs> but it's 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 amazing that there there's just so much of the Americas in in Asia. Right, right. <laughs> I can unpack that, but I'm going to answer fat first. I we did I did say fat. Okay. I did say we forgot to charge shipping to our Kickstarter backers. We very explicitly said shipping not included. What we don't know how to do, and this is the payment processing problem. I'm now watching my dog pee in the basement. This is bad too. Leave it alone. No. There's all these furs (laughs) that he's about to eat. Don't eat that. Oh my gosh, what did you do? Oh my gosh. This the basement is full of stuff that was purchased in 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 uh please don't, kiddo. He's he's he he ate a he ate a he's hearing he, 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 he ate a horse whip the last time we were down here and then threw it up and I was like what is what are all those pieces there okay fat and and then we'll get back to Australia and, and the shipping routes we didn't forget to charge mm. the backers we don't know how to do it which is 
the 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 payment the payment Kickstarter is a payment processor. Talk about like debt and payment stuff, right? Kickstarter can collect the monies that you all pledged, but in our pledging, we said shipping not included because our instructions on how to run a Kickstarter was be sure to say shipping not included because you will need to once you know how things and how much things weigh charge people for their shipping. But to do that, we have to figure out how to get your money. And and Kickstarter um, did that for us with the pledges, but Easy Ship apparently, uh, you know, we have more hoops to jump through to get credit card payments for these specific amounts of the packages that are all now packaged up. You're going to love them because they're like beautifully enveloped, yeah. too, right? The, the dragon theme is strong. Um, but now that we have the actual packages weighed and measured, we don't know how to get the money out of you guys with your credit cards. You can send us gold and we'll just... <laughs> yeah. I was going to say... send gold and we'll send you a package. Send doubloons. Send us some doubloons. <laughs> <laughs> how much? How much is a dragon book worth to you guys? Right? We, 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 and whose head is going to be on the coin? Yes. Yeah. That'll be an interesting prediction. Anyway, Australia. So, yeah, that, I mean, this, it, it had <laughs> one that I have been, I've been watching McCreese's contemplations for, you know, a while now. And, and yes, he's, he's, he's mm -hmm. a gamer, like all these gaming guys, right? You guys are used to thinking through strategy and how pieces play out. I am fat. Yes, we need to get connected with Chuck Dixon. He does. He these guys. JDA. I know him too. They're at a whole new level than we are. They have num. They have thousands of people. We didn't get the a certain level of of things that make all of these things easy. Help us next time get more people. <laughs> the, the the starting the starting up of starting ups is 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 tremulous, right? Matt Alexander McCreese made three hundred thousand dollars on his Kickstarter, so you know, come on. Um, and I do know him too. I've done videos with him. Um, uh, da -da. oh right, that he's he was talking about things like the McKinder um thesis with the the world island and the world ocean, and so we've been we've been watching yes. for years now. I mean, back even when we were doing the the spice stuff two years ago, when we started writing Greatrochemicus to saying, yes, watch the way the spice flows, whether it's by land or by sea. And so all of these things like the the that the United States is is is, you know, begging for help. Operation Prosperity Garden to prevent the Houthi, uh, who I'm not clear who are, but anyway, they're only they're only um, attacking Israeli owned ships and the United States is trying to help the Israeli-owned ships get through the Red Sea, and it's not working. And oh my goodness, how everything that was invisible to us, as long as the ships were just moving around and going through the Suez yes. and going through the Panama, is suddenly visible in that it's yes. it's not, um, you know, real movement of real objects takes water. And people are reminding themselves that they're in control of those different choke points. Yeah. Every, well, the economy seemed to be, it seemed to run on autopilot. People don't realize it takes pilots. People are pi piloting <laughs> vessels and uh, they're piloting vessels, sailing these, these enormous vessels through 
very interesting geographic areas, <laughs> hotspots, political hotspots. I mean, right. everybody remembers the Somali pirates not long ago. <laughs> the Yemeni coast is wild. Um, there is still an active slave trade that is going in through Yemen to Saudi Arabia, speaking mm. of uh, the economy running on slave girls. Uh, a lot of women from Africa are brought over the Red Sea, uh, that little point between Eritrea and Djibouti and, uh, and Yemen. And they, they're taken by boat and they're transferred, transferred through Yemen and taken up into Saudi Arabia. So, um, yeah, right. it's, it's not like those boats are going through this like wonderful canal where everything is like a kind of modern Western context. It's like, oh, we're just going to go through that little bit that's between London and France. And, you know, it's all very nice. And, uh, we'll have a bit of a cruise. <laughs> these, uh, these vessels are going through, uh, spaces of the world that are i mean to call them underdeveloped would be an understatement i, I don't know how you describe it it's like uh that's the kind of wild the wild east that that red sea p portion so uh the we Houthi... love you too fat <laughs> oh you're, you're, yes you you're you're dead you're you're absolutely our best fan and we really want to get these books to you but we had steps that like getting through the the canals right we just didn't we didn't yeah <laughs> whoops well no i the thing is, we did know these yeah. were steps but they're various steps that until you get there you don't realize what the 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 layers are yes yeah yes so postage <laughs> <laughs> we can analyze the maritime powers but <laughs> trying to figure out postage is the new challenge yeah. well actually so graber in in his bureaucracy book has a really interesting discussion on the german post office and that in the mm -hmm. 19th century the german post office was the you know gold standard of efficiency and everybody wanted to be the german post office so yeah you know, like that we need we we I don't know how we'll bring the post office into to Draco Chemicus, but we'd already been thinking about all these other media elements, right? The the mm -hmm. the electrical telegraphs and the the shipping and the pirates and the gold digging and stuff. But it's we're 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 encouraged by our continuing reading that we somehow knew the right things, even though we didn't know the fullness of everything, including how to pay mm -hmm. for the rest of the Kickstarter problem. <laughs> um, yeah. So so my my um it's like uh. I'm not sure these are these are kind of not predictions as we're thinking about things to pay attention to in the upcoming yeah. year, right? Continue to pay attention to the money supply, obviously, um, but in in the sense of I mean, Graeber knew that debt was a big thing. Obviously, wrote the book about it, and Occupy was obviously to some extent about debt. Michael Jones has talked about how it was this, you know, it's the students that were at Occupy not really knowing what they were up against because mm -hmm. debt has created this, it, it creates a reality. And one of the things that Graeber is saying is like, why is it real? Right? Why is debt real? Why is it that you should pay your debt? Says who? Right? <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, but, but shouldn't you? Isn't that the basis of morality is paying your debts? And he's like, isn't it interesting that that's a moral thing? And mm. uh, that I'm, I'm wanting to, he, he said he, his family was Jewish, right? So he he didn't talk that much about Christianity. He talks about one parable several times of the unforgiving steward, right? Who the, the Lord forgives for his big debt, but then the steward doesn't forgive the smaller debtors that he has to deal with. So the Lord throws him out into the darkness. Um, 
I have thought a lot about the theological metaphor of debt. In, in my first book, From Judgment to Passion, I'm talking about the first the, the, the 11th century and the way in which coins were coming into circulation and use and metaphor in the 11th century in, in Europe. Pache Graeber, who says they're not really coinage, but it, it, they, they, they're out there as a, as a known mode still in, in, the, in the Middle Ages. And Anselm, in his meditation on the reason for the incarnation, has a lot of language of debt. And mm. I've, I'm, of course, now curious to revisit it with a, a new economic foundation to think about. Um, but but what I was I was thinking about with the slave girls and the the problem for our Drake really stop it, my dragon is now eating the basket with the spurs in it. Don't do that. He looks at me. <laughs> Please stop. Come on, you've already here. You you've destroyed something that I I don't even know what he's destroyed now. There's bits of wood everywhere. Just stop it. Sit. Go to sleep. Um, that the reason the uh, for the incarnation being a body that God becomes mm -hmm. takes on flesh, and there's got to be something about the king has to become a slave in order to redeem the slaves. Mm -hmm. Something in there is 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 part of all of this. How this gets us out of our present debt, I'm not quite clear. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a big one. It's a big one. I don't know. I I'm I'm nervous to make predictions. Uh and I know that in in terms of debt, I mean it's an interesting thing with the with the with Australia too, because we're getting shuffled around. <clears throat> we had a setup which was uh proposed as a commonwealth system, which meant that uh, a lot of the assets of the country in Australia were f technically national assets for a very long time. Uh, unlike uh, in America, where you had a lot of private enterprises in Australia, most of the things here were um, national assets run by national companies. And uh, a lot of that stuff was sold off. So it's kind of like, the, uh, as you're talking about this too, it's like the individuals, the, the individuals that are in debt need to be uh, ransomed from their debt. But it's, it's sort of like, uh, what what's kind of happened is that everyone's still thinking about their country as though it's it's a country. What's a country? It's kind of this like collection of people. Uh, it hasn't functioned like that in Australia for a while. We've, we, we kind of removed a lot of that uh, idea of a, a nation with its assets, everything gets sold off to, to whoever wants to buy it up. And it feels like at the moment, everyone's been shifted into a kind of tenancy situation or uh, they're kind of leasing their presence in the country. Uh, I don't know if this is making sense, mm. but um, the well, uh, some of some of it's my fault for gar garbling up the the layers and layers and layers of stuff I learned from Graeber. But but one of the things he points to is saying so slavery is a reduction of human beings to the work that their bodies can do, 
Mm. It's, it's erasing all of their social relations. And um, he, he does he does make the interesting point that in the in the the grand day of the Atlantic slave trade, most of the slaves actually went to Brazil, not the United States. So just, you know, today. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the there was kind of an assumption that you wouldn't end up in slavery if you weren't somehow guilty in the sense of in debt. Right. The, because mm-hmm. the, the primary, you know, people could end up in, 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 in slavery constantly because they start off in debt, can't pay the debt. And then they are, you know, all they have left is their body, um, mm-hmm. which has been placed as the collateral that first they're family members, which is how you end up with slave girls. Um, but wage labor is in fact, a like temporary slavery. It's I will sell my mm. my labor for a certain amount of time every day to be used by my employer for whatever the employer wants. Like this is my job. I have to do this job because that's what the I'm being paid for. It it's yes. it's a kind of subset of slavery. It's just you know slavery is all of you for your whole life. Or I mean, although not all you know ancient slaves could actually earn their earn their freedom. They could buy themselves free. Um, but yeah. wage labor actually, I, I need to read more about how he develops this, this idea, um, is a subset of s- being sold. So the civil yeah. war didn't end slavery. It just changed the structure of the slave the structure system. structure of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and, and therefore that's why, you know, it's like the, the, the indentured servants, indentured is slave for a certain amount of time the the students that have the debts that they have allegedly to the government and to the banks are basically Mm -hmm. indentured yes they're they're they're... aren't they the the, these are the only debts that cannot be uh uh foreclosed on or you can't declare bankruptcy on student debt correct legally in the united states correct yeah slaves yeah, we have the same situation here. Yeah. Uh, and again, going be, uh, to the what I was saying before is that the Commonwealth system in Australia meant that we got free education. It sounds like socialism to everybody over in America. I know it's going to uh, make people uh, kind of prickly because it's uh, you know it's free education, right? But everything was free. You could do as many degrees as you want to as long as you had the academic merit to stay in the courses. So the universities were... Uh, self-governed and the faculty ran everything but uh people didn't pay a cent for their education until the 90s here and then we transitioned to the american style system where people took on the debt for their higher education so you had a lot more people being offered the the opportunity to go into a university but the caveat is that they take the debt on for going to university right now we can't clear those debts either so there's well, some, no uh, there's no the way you can the- just say i'm bankrupt it's uh, it's an unpayable thing Right, so they're basically slaves to the state. That, yes, that, that some yeah. some of Graeber's stuff that I need to work through is about this concept of liberty, how it is in fact also predicated on slavery, that freedom is. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, he he. I the thing is, I'm not I'm not. I've I've just finished the book, and so I'm not entirely sure that I'm totally persuaded by all of it. I'm in that phase where, oh my gosh, yeah. you got to read this. It's everything, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> and then you, you yes, sort of yes. think through which bits are testable and which bits help you revise things but mm. the, the i am persuaded by the slavery and its relationship to wage labor because it's it's you know capitalism and communism always two sides of the same beast 
um, yes. slavery and wage labor. There's still there's still the the sense that the human being is primary primarily its body body's work or its mm. yeah. So I mean, but in, in terms of predictions, it's like you know everyone's worried about AI and and the the, the effect that's going to have on our labor, right? Whether we can be paid to make art or anything else yes um that 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 sense of what do you where does the support for human life come from and, mm. and that we've conceptualized it all in terms of debt and and wages and these particular economic relations i am wondering about it. it's like who pays us to write Draco Chemicus? Well, for the most part, we just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 Graeber would say, you know, there's a sort of primitive commun not primitive, but there's a communism of sociability that most the, the, a lot more of our economic labor, you know, it's like families or our writing group or the aristocracy always lending each other stuff or you mm-hmm. know, I was thinking in academia, a lot of our a lot of our work we're you know we're paid by the universities but we share each other's work for free in a lot of different ways so the you know the sort of what what the what the state doesn't get its get its grip on in terms of taxable stuff i'm a very beginning economic discussant so these are these are are concepts that are new to me and they're, they're sticking in my sticking in my understanding but I know he's right about debt. It's a weird thing, right? It's the it's the, it's the this weird mystical reality that we think is real in a sort of forceful way that he wanted to understand why we think it's real. Mm. Uh, I, I'm thinking the. In terms of how people cooperate with each other beyond that mystical exchange of being accredited or a debtor. Right. Uh, because of all the natural disasters that have happened here, you know, we think about this a lot because people have lost everything. So suddenly those um, those artificial relationships between I, um, I'm a creditor, I'm a debtor, they get eliminated when it comes to the the, the fact of a cyclone smashing through an entire state. People right. are suddenly homeless and whatever. Uh, you do enter some kind of primitive co- communism in that in that environment because you have to. So I suppose it's that the more in in your body, like in this kind of thinking, the more in your body you are, um, uh, the more you are in human relationships and not this debtor creditor dynamic. And all of these natural disasters seem to bring everybody into their body and. Uh, and and rely on these human relationships instead of the the uh, the contract relate relationships or the contract agreements that they have, because the the contracts are kind of an illusion. I mean, uh, everyone says they have insurance. It's sort of irrelevant if you have insurance or not when a cyclone goes through an entire town. I mean, that's an entire town that's been destroyed. Uh, you know, the 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 effort to rebuild is is not is not just a, a problem of, of putting money on it. It has to be about uh, mending the relationships of that env- environment that's being completely destroyed. 
So it's kind of something similar to the monetary system. Everyone assuming or expecting it to collapse soon. It's sort of like, okay, well, that we're, we're, we're waiting for a financial cyclone to hit. Once the cyclone hits, what happens then? Oh, it's going to be complete chaos, but uh, I don't know. Will it, it be? Or will be. It, right. It, it may it just, yeah, it, it might just be an opportunity for everybody to <laughs> ignore debt and credit their relationships and start relying on each other again. I don't know. Right. That's the, it, it's, so the Casey is saying when you owe the bank a million, you're in trouble. When you owe it a billion, the bank's in trouble. <laughs> well, when you, yeah. owe, when you owe it a billion, you're the king. Right. And, 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 and I think this is, this is what Graber was, he was, I mean, what's interesting, he's, I, he, he was certainly not on the, I don't know whose side he's on in our system mm -hmm. of, of, I mean, he would point out that these sides are artificial and, 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 and based on myths of their own. Um, he was big on what he called the global justice movement, which is how things came out of the, the Occupy things. Um, but what he was trying to do was like think think about the the Adam Smith system, which it begins on the myth of barter, and therefore you want this sort of completely impersonal market relationship. He says that that's a total like fantasy version of everything. It's not even it's not even a, like a ideal model. It's 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 simply a thought experiment that sounds plausible, and it sounded so plausible that we've invented all these sorts of economic theories off of it. But it doesn't. I mean, it's like what Vox said about the free trade argument. It doesn't work on all sorts of levels, and most it, it you could say most human activity is not in fact captured by the debt credit system. Um, it 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 certainly. Mm -hmm you can end up in this situation where the illusion of it has destroyed lives and i mean yes. one of the other things that I've been, we've also been thinking about is the way the drug the drug trade has been used to destroy um communities that britain and its being pirates and gold diggers was also drug dealers and 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 used the opium to completely destroy china in the 19th century mm -hmm. uh that same thing clearly is happening right now with the oxy and the meth and the whatever fentanyl. else yeah fentanyl whatever mm. else is coming into the united states I mean, china's revenge um yeah that you can demoralize a, a population so that it just quits uh yes yeah i mean obviously one of the things we're trying to figure out is how to restore people's hope but some mm -hmm. of some of it is you know for graber would be coming getting out of this illusion that um the the market is the only arbiter of economic health mm. yeah well it's not <laughs> i i mean it it's not if uh if it's if it's only measuring uh the amount of debt that's being created, then it's not a measure of the, the economic health because uh, you can have a booming financial sector because more and more debt's being created. Meanwhile, the actual economy or the foundation of the economy, which is human beings that are uh, in it, could be completely imploding, um, which is the... I suppose that's the tension that we're we're going to be working with in the next act, uh, and and the, I mean the the problem too is that's the, 
the the drug trade, the drug imports that we're dealing with now, it eventually is going to undermine even the debt system because you need people that are alive to work to pay off their debts. If you've got people which are overdosing on these chemicals like oxy and fentanyl and everything, then you don't have people that are capable of creating and paying debt. It's, a, it's an interesting problem to think about how these kinds of systems are managed, you know. Well, the debt's uh, not actually payable. I mean, the students cannot pay those debts off. No. They, they've been set uh, but up. I, that I, they're, I, they're in fact, it's so um, Fat is saying, aha, the usury system is the opposite of the family system. Yes. And debt mm -hmm. relationships usurp yeah. the proper tribal providing relationships. Exactly. And yeah. what Kilch just said about... The, the the opposite of the debt economy, Graeber tried to come up with some other way to you know, describe it. He says the human economy. It's like they're human economies and then they're these artificial yeah. financial economies. And the financial economy is itself this kind of, I mean, we've talked, we've certainly been thinking about this as a parasite. It's a parasite on the actual human relationships. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is what the referendum in Australia was about, mm. which I didn't talk very, very much about uh, on, the, on the stream when it was happening in passing. But uh, a, a big part of the problem, uh, and someone's asked me this uh, on a comment a, a little while ago. They said, um, you know, comment on what's going on there in Australia with the government sort of invoking Aboriginalism as its uh, state mythology now because, you know, everyone went woke and they wanted to uh, just pump all of the uh, bureaucratic rituals with some kind of obeisance to something kind of Aboriginal. Mm -hmm. And uh, everyone arguing in Australia this year about whether to um, officially incorporate Aboriginal Australia as, as this kind of united entity, you know, uh, with its own special status in the constitution. So everyone was yelling about it and screaming about how unjust it was and how it was going to make everybody unequal, yada, yada, yada. But from the position of a lot of families here in Australia and a lot of people that have been discussing it, a lot of Aboriginal activists in Australia, the problem is that, that you've got two incompatible systems, which is what we've uh, we've just been discussing, the, the parasitic, which sits on top of the human. And in terms of the Aboriginal relationships and the reason why everybody's so angry about what happened under colonialism here is because <laughs> the population was subjected to a parasitic kind of, uh, um, a parasitic economy on top of the human economy. And uh, the, the Aboriginal is all about tribal and kinship relationships, whereas the parasitic and the, uh, you know, the debt, that debt, debt mechanism, the, the parasitic economy, it, it destroys the tribal and also actively in Australia, at least actively tried to divide tribe mm -hmm. by color, by who was looking more British and who was looking more Aboriginal, which of course completely destroys a family. If you, if you color one family and you say uncle is, uh, very dark so he's going to be categorized as a, a as an aboriginal however this this grandchild is very very pale and has blonde blonde hair and blue eyes and can pass and can go into white australia you've effectively destroyed any possibility for a tribal economy so this is what the argument here in australia is about colonialism it's not hate whitey i think it's just that a lot of people can't actually um 
vocalize what's happened in a way or if they are they're not then they're not the people that are getting a lot of attention <laughs> because they're also highlighting this parasitic economic system that sits on top of the tribal right and it's very hard for everybody to adapt what was what what the offer was this year was an invitation for everybody to come in and say oh, okay well we're going to stay aboriginal we're going to be aboriginal but we want to have a special status under the constitution be incorporated and then get all of these privileges under this parasitic economic system and and a lot of people here knew it was an incompatible thing right. and, and it failed because of this um but what's happened here has been the destruction of the human relationships and that's very hard to rebuild and i don't think the, the bureaucracy can't rebuild it bureaucracies can't rebuild the destruction of human relationships well they they, they so, don't want to they're 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 premised mm, on destroying them mm, yeah yeah i mean ai we're worried about ai destroying art right bureaucracies are like artificial intelligence they're artificial humanity yeah and and and, yeah. and they're staffed on the premise of you know meritocracy and testing which in my in the education system in the United States, that was supposed to be the point, right? You go into this debt because you can become then part of the bureaucracy, become part of mm -hmm. this merit, merit, meritocratic, testable, you know, widget interchangeability. Mm. Um, you, you know, the, the, uh, this is, uh, again, Graeber, because he's an anthropologist, has more practice talking about these sort of, um, well, tribal family relation systems than modern, I mean, historians, we should be better at this, but that a, your father is not an interchangeable man with all other men or individuals, yes. right? Your brother, your sister, yes. your your cousin, th these are all, you know, networked. I mean, it's like the, the net of all of these relations is what makes you you. And mm -hmm. both in slave, you know, the slavery, the bureaucracy, the wage labor, you're radically an individual, as we like to say, because you, none of those relationships matter. It's corruption to worry about those relationships. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? Who's corruption, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's corrupting to hire yes. my son, you know, for, for this activity. Well, then you're saying, you know, it's your human relations don't hold in this this particular mm. system which then you know talk about dragon like right it's like we yeah. like this this the our our draco our our chemical dragon is this alchemical transformation of human beings into workers human resources human re yes exactly mining yeah. human beings so that they become yes. nothing but coin and, and what's interesting is all of these metaphors are active throughout the Middle Ages. I mean, they're perfectly well aware of this problem of what does it mean not to be. Uh, I mean, I, I suppose one of the things I'd be interesting is like thinking about made things in art and manufacture and craftsmanship and that Mary is meant to, you know, this, this she's the most beautiful creature of God. So both natural and artificial, both, you know mountains and trees and, and, and rivers, but also temple and, and tabernacle and ark that mm -hmm. in, in thinking of what, what kind of economy exists in a world in which you know that God is your maker mm. and every individual is, you know, infinitely precious because made by God. It, it's like, is, is the industrial world a, a, a parasitic aberration on this or 
I mean, mm-hmm. I don't want to go where Christianity went off the rails. I, I think I don't like that idea. Because we are, we've, we've talked about this. And it's like the, 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 the Christian valorization of making is it is it is it is it like the dragon has seduced us into believing that the all making is it can be mechanized i think mechanized making has got to be the the fallen version of things because you want to control everything we're gibbering a bit tonight because we're good we're, we're trying to be predictive and we're, mm. and we're, also, we're also predicting <laughs> for you all what we're going to be doing over the next year which is trying to figure this part of the story out mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, well, the 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 mechanization of it, it's a. This is this is the problem. This is the problem now, because COVID, which uh, has just happened and no one's talking about, <laughs> COVID was an interesting um, factory setting adjustment. That you know the factory settings for the culture. I talked about this this right. week. But it was like it really was like a factory factory settings reset, um, and the the entire like uh, excuse, of course, was the health, the the health, bodies, uh, the healthcare bodies that all had to be marked. Bodies, of course, of course, registered, bodies. marked, um, filed. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, categorized as you know. Uh, Essential, non-essential, vaccinated, unvaccinated—you know—all of these, like uh, the the, the, the Ikeaification of everyone. You know, it's like because we we kind of make this flat pack existence, and everything is is uh, is orderly. Uh, this this is like a this is a thing that is lingering. So I, I suppose when people are making predictions, they look at this the strategic. Um, ambitions of a lot of the players and the and the powers in the world but um people have a strategy that they're laying over the psyche and the human relationships that are created you know all the dynamics that have happened because of all of these strategies like what's going on with covid now has uh it's still here it's still in effect that I think people are getting over the the experience of being in factory reset for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is kind of, a, I know I'm kind of rambling, but the it's had a profound effect on people in Australia. It has in my family. It has in a lot of families that I know, friends of mine, acquaintances of mine, that something, something, has happened that has permanently shifted the the human economy here in this country after what happens. So whatever is happening above that in terms of the parasitic, that has its own strategic objectives. But the human underneath it, I think, is more important. And it's probably something that I would like us to focus on in the next year, especially because uh, everybody gets obsessed with strategy because I think we're looking too much of what can be mechanized. And mm-hmm. uh, sometimes the the ones who want to make everything mechanical, uh, they'll overstep or they're, they're doing things that even they themselves can't control because underneath it is human. And the human, you can't predict what happens with human beings ultimately. 
I know that uh, the last couple of years we've had everyone sort of getting out of the pandemic and not worrying about it anymore, but I, I have a feeling that next year there is going to be some after after effect of it that is going to come out that we weren't necessarily expecting, at least yeah. Well, so I, I, you're thinking of predictions in different ways from I am. It's like one, the can we predict what the the big whales are going to do, swamping, uh, yes. swamping us little minnows swimming around to use this box image. Mm. Um, can can we do 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 we have some sense of how the evil schemes are going to going to play out? Um, I mean, I think I think the the evil schemers tend to tell us what they want to do. And yeah. the yep. and you know and they always the dragon is very predictable. He he just wants control over people and wills, obviously. Like, yeah. Uh, Dark Herald was just putting on on the Arkhaven blog a thing that uh, Amazon is trying again with its its um, rings of power and Sauron is. Yeah. <laughs> what were they? Thinking? Are we in for another season? <laughs> for another season. Um, you know, I, I'm probably the only one that watched the whole of the first season. <laughs> I'll be watching the second one. To tell the tale. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Okay, so cred, you know, credibility. When we did the Galadriel one, she went and did the rest of her research and actually watched the rest I of it. Um, <laughs> so I think say, predicting what the, the, the giant evil scheme, they're going to try what they always try. I mean, they're going to try yes. the kind of control of the financial system. They're going to try to control those canals. They're going to yeah. try their propaganda to get the young men, you know, to choose sides and kill each other. Yes. Um, but we've seen this enough. This is the history repeats itself part of part of the show. Uh, yes. But you know, I, I, I'm also thinking about like, how are people going to behave in the in the situations that this scheming has has created? And that's, of course, the Hobbit level yes. that you're wanting to say. I don't I don't want to predict yet. Um. You know, I, I feel moderately confident in my ability to predict how people are going to behave around COVID because I, I wrote it up in 2020 and it all came true. Um, yeah. And and one of the one of the, the predictions that I made in the sense of how people were going to be affected by the whole PSYOP um, was in my blog post on COVID, COVID, the one COVID to rule them all, that we were just going mm -hmm. to forget stuff yeah right i was already writing in may 2020 about how the you know the lockdown effect was to make you forget all of your routines i couldn't i couldn't even do our credits today right you know it's like you know, you're going to forget all of your your relationships i'm still watch i'm watching that play out now people are they yes. seem to have forgotten things that happened a few years ago they seem not to understand why people are behavior has changed like yep. why is why is someone so acting that way now and i'm like don't you remember what went ha yeah. went on? It's like the the amnesia that comes from trauma is playing out very clearly. Yes. Um, I mean, and that that's been unsettling for me because you know you and I we've been practicing remembering, so that it's like we keep reactivating trauma that everybody else has clearly moved on from. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that they're sitting, there, <laughs> sitting around going, why why is so and so still wearing a mask? What what could that possibly mean? And you're like, yeah. weren't you there? <laughs> Yep. When they were making yep. the children wear them in school, of course the kids are still yes. affected by this. How can you pretend that that didn't stick? I mean that that's been frustrating yep. for me because you're you're just like talk about you know history. People, those who do not remember, you know, are doomed to repeat it. Well, try remembering right now what happened three years ago. 
Yeah. So there, there's the, the scheming level and strategy and what, you know, what the big, the big, you know, people that think they're in control or like to be in control think they can pull off. There's the way people react in kinds of situations that we can study as a sort of psychological effect. And then there's the, gee, where do you think God is going to take the story next? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the best <laughs> which which e michael jones likes talking about is yeah. the cutting of reason right it's like you all these schemers yep. think that x is going to happen and in fact you know not the way they wanted it you know that they weren't yeah. able to control people's wills to the degree that they thought they could yes so i think i think usually when people are doom spiraling they don't they don't credit people's sheer cussedness and refusing yeah. to behave in the way that the powers would like them to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we're in for some surprises next year. Some pleasant surprises. I'm, I, I'm hoping, but I know we're in for a lot of surprises next year on this front, because that that amnesia can only last for so long, considering what happened. Right. It's only going to last for so long. It's like when you have a car accident, you go into shock. Then afterwards, you're out of it. I, I think that's kind of what's going on. The, the the people are in the shock at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I think they've been they've been in the shock. They've been in that shock phase, and once that wears off, they they're they're something something will something will change. Uh, people are not going to be able to uh, sustain the, the denial about uh, two years of mass torture mm. for the rest of their lives. It's just not going to happen. So it's going to be an interesting thing to watch how that uh, that shock wears off when people eventually thaw out and then uh, have a have a recall of what, what happened. Um, well, I think I, well, I think you're being a little optimistic about how long these things can last because the other book I'm reading now is about Germany. Hey, <laughs> Germania. Germania, um, which is it, again, it's another one that came out in 2010, right? So I'm I'm, I'm sort of reading mm -hmm. reading back in time, as it were, to what people thought about and and the premise of it. He's English, Simon Winder, and mm -hmm. um, is talking about how he, he he his his father for some reason took them on a, a trip to on a on a, a, a river trip to the alsace to alsace in in when he was 14 and it changed his life forever he's in his 40s when he wrote this book he must be my age so in his mid-50s now okay. um and you know he's very interested in germany but it, the whole book is haunted by obviously the nazis i mean he's, he's talking yes. about in 2010 about how germany still you know is affected by the trauma of what the country went through in 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 the early 20th century and i i, I have mm -hmm. i have lots of reasons for wanting to read more about germany one that i i, I need to I, i'm gonna get to teach some more i think in in um medieval german history in the next few years so this this is this is a pleasure and a and a and a, and a challenge for me um but on the other hand the what i'm reading in the, I just started reading this today, so I'm, I'm only at the medieval part, and I am now learning that my sense that wait a minute, exactly what happened in German medieval history that in my imagination is, is vague. 
I mean, I can do it, right? I can tell you about the investor controversy and stuff like that. But it's vague, partly because it's vague. <laughs> um, that the Germans in the 19th century are desperately trying to create their fairy tale version of what happened. They're rebuilding a lot of stuff after Napoleon and, and, and other that a good deal of German medieval history is imaginary. Mm. And, you know, that that imagining of German medieval history is then what got used in the Nazi period. He, he was just now in the bit I was reading talking about how they took over the the monastery the the convent at Quedlinburg, which I know from the nuns living there in in the in the twelfth century, such, and was used as a kind of Nazi shrine for who they thought was Heinrich the Fowler, the founder of the German Empire and stuff. It's like, okay, talk about amnesia, right? A mm. whole country can completely forget a, a a history that never in fact happened. I I mean, it's like. We're we're in for some oh, great. We're in for some wild rides <laughs> through all of this. Oh, and and your book, the the Ferguson that you just picked up, I think another thing that's mm -hmm. obviously happening and is going to continue to happen is this, you know, never mind the 1619 project showing that the United States is founded on slavery. The whole sort of structure of people's storytelling about who we are is about to go through a massive massive yeah. restructuring yeah i mean including like mining <laughs> and the debt mm -hmm. and the and the you know how did how did we end up in this situation well the united states used its markets founded on armies to control its monetary supply for the last 80 years connect the dots mm-hmm And is it? Uh, I, I put it in my telegram today. Um, all sorts of countries are not using the dollar anymore. Yeah. Which is going to eventuate yeah. in a massive, you know, it's like we need to rethink why we have the story that we do about the American empire, about the currency, about the free market. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got, I've got this drink here that I have from Texas. It's called Shiner Bach. German. Oh. Small town, small brewery. Every drop of Shiner Bach beer is brewed in Shiner, Texas. Population 2069. By local craftsmen who take pride in our little brewery. And our classic Shiner Bach. This American style Bach has a clean flavor and a slightly sweet finish we hope you enjoy drinking it as much as we enjoyed making it there's a lot of germans in the united states that forgot who they were yeah yeah oh yeah. and i also have my fizzy water from the region this is topo chico mineral water Ooh. from monterey mexico <laughs> amazing right i I, I like I like getting mineral mineral waters from all over the place. Mexico. It's like uh, Germany. Yeah. So the funniest thing I learned yeah. recently is how many Germans there are in Mexico. Because the, <laughs> I mean, no, in the nineteenth century, Why? the United States tells this story about all these like my families, you know, both sides came here from Germany in the mid nineteenth century, and you know, settled in various parts of the Midwest and stuff. A lot of Germans went to Mexico. 
Amazing. We are, it's like, come on, guys, let's study so lots and lots Spanish and lots now. of history. Study absolutely every little pocket of movement and peoples. I mean, one of the things this guy in, in Germania said yeah. is like, what's Germany? Tacitus writes this book that says Germania. It's like the outside of the Roman Empire and such. And it's like, yeah, which mm. moment were you trying to describe? Because mainly what the history of Germany is, is peoples moving through it and conquering each other. Mm. And, you know, so that you end up with the Holy Roman Empire that's like a giant mosaic of little bitty places and it's never unified until the 19th century there is no germany dutchy fights dutchy fights dutchy fights right? yeah. <laughs> it all i mean it's like literally germany as yeah. a country has only existed since who knows 1945 and then there was west and east right it's 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 the mm-hmm. as the as the american empire finds itself redefined all of these other definitions mm-hmm. are going to be be calling being called into to relation again right it's like the, the nations exist in conversation with each other just as people exist in conversation with their families how's that that's a good one <laughs> no that uh no that makes sense so this is again it's it's the it's the human relationships shifting and changing right uh and okay so they they're the ones that are ultimately creating the mythologies mm-hmm. but it's going to butt against the it's going to butt against that uh the parasitic so we're all caught between the two cuz the... it's so much fun explaining stuff to you and <laughs> you get it exactly <laughs> <laughs> you guys i just want you to mark this, how good she is at translating my gibberish into insight <laughs> that makes sense it does to her (laughs) that's australia back off so we have silent draco saying cowboys from germany bohemia czech lands yes the cowboys came here and casey saying the germans went to texaco texas when it was part of mexico yes that's why i have these two drinks topo chico and shiner bach (laughs) and as far as everybody's here concerned they're totally local neither of them are english isn't that interesting yeah yeah no this makes sense it's the it's the uh it's a self-perception problem now everyone's going through it everyone's going through it and then the empire's perception of itself right hmm and we've we've talked we've talked a lot about that in the last year right it's like the the anglo empire yeah is suddenly having to confront itself. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's been j- sort of not completely, and we and we did the we did Charles's coronation, right, which was an interesting mythological moment. Yes, um, that you know the, mm-hmm. the, the the British Empire had to confront itself to a certain extent all along. I mean, it didn't it, you know, bringing it into the slave trade, but then creating the Industrial Revolution. Did we just play bait and switch? We we're not sure. Um, that, you know, this trauma, the trauma of the historical study and people finding out which pieces of which stories they're part of, this, this to me is why our, you know, American politics being trying to, you know, shove it into the boxes of, you know, GOP versus donkey, you know, the elephant versus the donkey. Oh yeah. You know, nobody's watching because the boxes are, um, 
they've lost well they've lost their mythological power at the moment but th- but they're also uh clearly speaking to no one i mean nikki haley mm. and vivek ramaswani i met i submit i got to meet him briefly when he was here for our little COVID conference in chicago um you know they're speaking a uh an a myth that is being rapidly dismantled by mugged mm. by reality <laughs> it's it's it, yeah it's it's an obsolete myth yeah that makes sense well our myth worked best when we had the nazis to blame blame for it <laughs> you need some new nazis <laughs> that's what empires do they create they create your enemy and yeah. when you hate your enemy you have to hate that enemy make sure you hate that enemy because otherwise who are you we're the ones who hate them yeah yeah well this is what's happening now in the red sea it's like the, the relationships of friend and foe are all being renegotiated around that canal yes yeah and uh the alliances that people were uh banking on literally (laughs) (laughs) you literally are 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 changing very quickly um again they're not really they're they're not based in human relationships they're based in uh transactional kind of uh debt debt mechanisms also so it's a this is going to be challenging, especially to people who think in terms of nation states, because uh, I mean, as we've had to on the arc too, it's a kind of revisioning what it means to say nation. Uh, and you've said many times, you know, it's essentially the ability to assemble a military. Well, it's a state. also like the, uh, state, the state's ability. Yeah, a state. Well, a, state can, a king can assemble a, an army, too. Mm. Um, the thing about kings is they do risk their own bodies in the battle, as opposed to bureaucracies, which don't the you know they don't risk their own bodies in the battle. Yes, yes. Then there's also the navy question. You've got you. You have to be able to assemble a military, risk your body, but also you have to be able to assemble people that are capable of uh, uh, becoming a navy in order to protect all of these trade relationships. Well, that's that's the pirate level, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So back back, you were saying that um, commercial relations. So the the ideal Adam Smith commercial relation gets rid of the problem of trust mm. and, and you know so, but but ironically that adam smith is he's like janus faced and things he wants the market to be completely impersonal but then he also his only other book is the theory of moral sentiments where he just assumes that people are, want to be liked and <laughs> no this is this is adam smith's <laughs> entire theory of, of morality is people want to be considered lovely right that they, they want to be liked and they'll behave well because they don't want to be hated and you're just like gee <laughs> great where did he grow up scotland <laughs> and he just wanted to be liked and he figured that was his okay. theory of I mean, he's like talk about you know don't trust your f your feelings right 
Yeah. Adam Smith's entire moral theory based is based on your feelings, feelings. sentiments, right? Behave well because you don't want people to think you're nasty. And then, and then his his market theory is 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 equally silly, right? Because then you realize he is uh, also apparently drawing on Persian theorizing, so it may be Islamic. Um, but mm-hmm. that it's the market will be this impersonal exchange system which doesn't depend on people being liked by each other. But the thing is, if it, the the and contract, I mean, but the contracts that don't depend on that ultimately depend on a gun, right? They depend on me being able to yes. show up with my gun and say you must honor this contract otherwise what's a contract it's a bit of paper mm. and, and so the whole sort of myth yes. the, the mad the magic of being able to say there's such a thing as the currency and the and the contracts and all of that it's only real insofar as it's backed by the guns hmm and and the United States is rapidly learning that it can only bully so many people into accepting its its contracts. Mm. Good night, Silent Draco. He says he's Merry running Christmas. out of Merry Christmas. He's running out of energy. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are we are losing people. We 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 we've clearly st- taxed their stamina over the last year so they, they, can't, they can't aren't you going to stick around for the midnight you know revelation of what it was what it is that's going to happen so mm. i think we're going to we we need to i mean i'm paying more attention to germany because i want to understand better what happened with the story of who germany germany mm. is and and winder is interesting because he's he's writing as an englishman saying england and germany have this interesting relationship of mm they're them they're they're like each other but not and i think that's fair um it is interesting for the united states that germany germans are here most of our population is in fact the white population is highly german but nobody knows it mm-hmm. because we'll they lost it they lost it yeah thanks to the, yeah. they abandoned it thanks to the propaganda in the in the in the, the 20th century and um how people are going to start reconstituting themselves as human beings. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I'm interested in. What, what, what kinds of human relationships are people going to build with after the great state effort to enroll everybody and turn us into to bodies? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've been paying attention to that uh, sort of happening down here and listening to what people are saying. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, reluctance to go back into the workforce or into particular professions. Uh, the that bureaucratic effort to enroll everybody into mechanistic existence backfired a lot in that sense because a lot of the bureaucracy in Australia now is in a a crisis of staffing. They can't find the human resources that are willing to go in and be mechanised. 
Uh, that's helpful. It is helpful. Yeah, yeah. Bureaucracy. How delightful is that? Work for the bureaucracy. Yeah. So my optimism may be foolish, but uh, in in some sense, it's based in 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 promising uh, promising events because uh, people were burned by it, Mm. and now they they won't they won't uh, give their bodies over to the bureaucracy. The police forces are having staffing shortages, like critical staffing shortages uh education system uh all sorts of different government departments are having difficulty finding people because nobody wants to be uh submitting themselves to those kind of regulations ever again uh even people that complied perfectly have have decided to leave they took out their existing um uh pension funds and they've they've gone they've left the workforce it's very very interesting yeah yeah that is great. So, yeah. That's very yeah. interesting. Yeah. So it, it's the, the quiet little uh, yeah. homeschools, right? Take people out of the, the, the yes, government Yes, very quiet. And, yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. There's no loud revolution happening. It's just quiet withdrawal from bureaucracy that's occurring every day. Yeah. Uh, people moving moving into different areas so that they can experience a village life. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of homeschool is happening. Yeah, a lot of homeschooling. Is, um, and uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's lovely. Uh, the the that that's kind of to me the signal. There's a shift. Something has happened. People people are at least uh, if they're not talking about it openly, they're feeling the effect of what happened uh, right. during those those years. So the next step then is what happens when that becomes the, the, the norm, you know, everybody starts to look left and right and, and sees everybody leaving. Uh, that, that becomes a trend. Then what happens when people are uh, needing to renegotiate uh, their living, making a living with each other without mm-hmm. relying on this? Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting time. So... Th- Things, things that can happen, and this is, you know, watching the French Revolution, one of the things that happens in these upheavals and that the state always mm. is worried about is the um, peasants um, sack the houses of the lords and burn all their documents, which is, is uh, what, what happened in the French Revolution that over the course of the summer in 1789, there's reports coming into Paris from all of the, 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 uh, the land and that the, the, one of the major things that happens, they're not just like riots and pitchforks and things like that. They go into the seigneur's um, archives and burn their documents. Mm. It, you know, the, 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 the peasants understand the importance of the bureaucracy to hold those debts. Right. And then they just can't yes. they, they get rid of them. So, you know the degree to which any of us is able to resist being absorbed into that bureaucracy that's that's a major question and that's what's of course frightening people with the things like the surveillance and you know yes. you're going to be under you know you're not going to be able to eat if you don't have the right digits obviously right that the, the 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 dragon level desire to control but but as you were talking it's saying people simply withdraw from this the dragon loves mm. history this i hadn't thought of this before but you know great the grand narrative claims are, uh, you know, big imperial state structures. What happens after the Roman Empire falls is you can't tell the story because it's all too local. 
<laughs> and that's that being what germania is is like right it's like they're constantly trying to re reinvent the roman empire and they call themselves the holy roman empire and it never really works right hitler didn't <laughs> succeed right because by that time the british and the americans are are good at preventing it but that one of the things that makes it difficult to tell early medieval history when you know the empire breaks apart is it's all too fragmented there's no mm-hmm. grand story the United States wants to be the grand story that, you know, includes, you know, certain kinds of movements and presidents and this and that. And it's like, if you actually tell yes. all of our little local stories of all of these um, developments across the continent, one, it's impossible to narrate. And two, it's, 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 I guess it's exactly the kind of story that the dragon can't contain. Mm. It's all the human, re- it's the anthropological level of stories mm. rather than the military economic political story mm. of empire empire doesn't I like do. that they they like it it likes you know clear monuments and capitals and stuff mm. well this is interesting so the, the, the now we've got another problem because of the statues being ripped down or uh, mm. melted <laughs> and then <laughs> <laughs> spitefully recast into different shapes. If only, they, um, if only they were actually beautiful shapes. Unfortunately, it's the craftsmanship is not necessarily available right now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it's sort of like, well, uh, if, if this is happening in local uh, isolated pockets, then it's people are dismantling mm-hmm. the the imposition of that dragon level mythology on them so right. that they can reclaim their own little area and this is probably the 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 confusion when when uh, when you hear leftists saying we need to decolonize we need to decolonize and of course people get very upset by it uh, on the right because they're angry at the right. kind of uh, the inference that everything that they've been living in is evil and uh, needs to be completely destroyed. But that's really people unplugging themselves from a bureaucratic myth- mythological uh, layer. They're, they're saying, no, we don't want these statues here because this neighborhood belongs to us. Right. Well, this, this space is now we're going to localize it. And so this thing it, it, that, <laughs> that sits in the middle of the park represents something completely different to two different groups of people at the local level it's representing that imperial imposition that's just sitting there reminding everybody that they're plugged into a bureaucracy uh the other side are seeing it as the reminder of a grand history of a beautiful civilization that they wanted to preserve so it's an interpretation problem on both sides because uh, whereas everyone is is uh, putting it on the left and right, the the donkey versus the elephant, but it, that's not what it really is. It's not left or right. It's uh, it's a similar thing to people withdrawing from from their their role as uh, bureaucratic workers. Does that make sense? It well, so specific things like the Columbus statue and the Robert E. Lee statue, those were actually put up by the the communities at the time. So okay. some of it, some of it is, uh, the population has changed. I mean, the going back to where we started, right? Notice yes, what I noticed the mall, the, the mall, right? And it's yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely yeah. a different population. Um, 
it, it was interesting to see how some of the shops are no longer the chains that they're clearly local businesses that are trying to be in the malls. Uh -huh. So, you know, pe people are, the degree to which the people want to disconnect from the great multinational imperial chain stores uh -huh. and be their own, their own economies. And th that I think is, you know, I, in the social class that I am, um, I clearly participate more in the 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 uh, high street mall economy than some of our local economies. But I think you know in Chicago, mm. there's whole there are whole neighborhoods that are themselves completely self contained as yep. shops and you know the well the churches and the the people who live there and things like that. And they're not they're not plugged into the big Anglo. Uh, it's not even suburban anymore. Right. But, um, mm. you know, the, the whatever, whatever the wasp, and it's not even really the wasp culture anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Post wasp. Post. What is it? <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh, I suppose it was the, the, the neoliberal, uh, highly educated university population. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, so is an, rap an rapidly an rendering itself ridiculous. <laughs> well, so many ways. It is, but, it's interesting too because that's a that's an indentured servant class as well. If you look at it in terms right. of student loans, right? Or they've needed to buy their way into that uh, that class position in the first place, right? Mm. Yes, and those are the people. Unfortunately, who can't have children now because they're you know too dispirited and tell themselves they're too horribly in debt to have children. So it's like mm -hmm. the generation wiped out by that whole you know promise of the empire come and be in this instant you know this training and training school and you will become part of the great bureaucracy mm. the international jet set liberal bureaucracy mm. that was that was a promise and the, in the united states of course you know from the 70s and 80s it turned into that financial se sector they was able to, on the basis of debt, become apparently very, very wealthy. Mm. That's only backed by the military. And those people don't want to talk about, you're talking nobody about nobody wants to go into the military. Nobody wants to, can't even, you're, I mean, what yeah. Lindsey Graham is doing, the promising exactly what the Roman Empire is like, oh, we'll bring all, we can't get our local people to do it anymore. We'll bring in people from over the river, literally. <laughs> yep. <laughs> How did that work out? That that worked so well for Alaric the Goth. <laughs> the Gothic siege. <laughs> hey, they sacked Rome because they had been paid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, Washington better pay attention, right? If they they recruit another yeah. military with promises and then don't pay them. Yep. There's yep. A, there is precedent for this. That's amazing. That's amazing. So the, the, the homage in the military is replaced by a, a completely transactional relationship. So that, that, that's an interesting thing. Human, hu the human has been taken out of the military completely. Now that's a very kind of, uh, that's a dark offer to go into that profession now. The if the human's been removed completely. No honor. They want they I mean they want it they want it as a commercial transaction without 
Yeah. I mean, and, and the, the military, you know, the United States military had been honor. It's been the South. Mm-hmm. Scots Irish honor. Yep. And those guys are all yeah. saying, no, this is not honorable. You know, the Uranus Fudge Factory that I started with, that's right by one of our air, our army bases. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and so, it is, you know, the Fudge Factory is placed in this, like, the, the whole claim of the the shop attraction, right, is its old style Americana. And mm. it's... um you know, in, 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 in the middle of Missouri, which is in the middle of that, you know, population, German and Scots Irish, who, you know, had served in, you know, in honor for now the empire, right? I, I hear yes. we're having trouble recruiting from that population now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, so their, their emotional state has influenced their feelings or influencing the economy. Well, it's Smith tried to pretend that it didn't have to be that way, but you know, sorry. <laughs> yeah. 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 So they, yeah. So they can't say so they can't recruit from an honorable def demographic. And now all that remains is coin. Mm. Yep. That is a very interesting position to be in. Because you're 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 of the planet with people that have no no human no honor, but in the sense of there's no human relationship within the entire tradition of the empire that they're they're out to uh, represent on the waterways. Operation Prosperity Guardian. Them mythologically. Is it, 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 Operation yeah, Prosperity yeah, Guardian, yeah. is that the craziest? It's so obvious. <laughs> 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 They're not even trying to hide it. There's no Operation Freedom Guardian, Liberty Guardian, nothing. It's Prosperity Guardian. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's interesting that the Australians are not participating in this. Yep. In the way that we would have in any other moment in the history of the, the United States empire, because we've been in every conflict that we've been asked to join right. and yet we're not sending bodies for this one. So it's interesting. Mm. My, my guess is they may have thought cleverly the bureaucrats that they could get the prosperity gospel people. Since I think that that particular preaching is associated with the, it's the evangelical Schofield, Israel. Oh, right? so yeah. There, there may actually God loves be you, buried in there some kind of mythological effort, but um, the rest of the world's going, sure. <laughs> it's a little <laughs> on the nose. <laughs> yeah, I could, the Good Roman luck. Empire, the Romans, like, we need to preserve our way of life. And it's like, you just sold it to Germania anyway. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're living in an interesting time. <laughs> well, okay, so we have we have effectively told everyone what to watch out for in the year. Oh wait, yeah, there's apparently yep. going to be a presidential election. Yep. <laughs> oh really? I didn't even know. How, how much? So one, one interesting. 
People face it. Interesting thing is like, think how much has changed in eight years, right? It's like there was, there was yeah. from, from 1945 through, I guess, well, okay. So what we didn't do, I like when we have a plan and then we just ignore it. Um, I had these yearbooks from, you know, some in my mom's house and <laughs> we're not going to do this, right? Um, this is the world book, right? And, and I had pulled out the, the world books for, 1975 1985 1995 because 1975 was the oldest one we had and so i was going to think just like what would it be like to read back through through the the layers um i have lived through a number of apparent watersheds right it's like 1971 which i didn't understand right i i i was yeah. six right um but you know the, the, we go off the gold standard whatever okay fine um you know my dad served in thailand during the vietnam whatever it was, which apparently was the reason that Nixon took us off the gold standard because he needed money for the guns and couldn't get it otherwise. Um, you know, um, we, I lived through the, the cold, well, the moon landing, whichever the gold, the cold war, the fall of the wall, the, the um, 9-11, all of this. It will be very interesting if looking back on all of this, this was all just one moment, right? From 1945 to whatever we consider the end of it of the, the the time of the American empire and the ways in which it was using its military power to control its markets and all ev that everything I've lived, grown up with, mm -hmm. lived with through since 1965 is about to evaporate. <laughs> so never mind 1975, yeah. 1985, 1995, right? <laughs> it's, it's more like going from 1098 when, you know, Jerusalem is captured to, 1187 when it falls to Saladin <laughs> and you can spend that entire near century thinking, yes, you know, Chris Jerusalem is a Christian city. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, various yep. and various yeah. horrible misadventures. Right. So I think one of the more interesting things I've, I've not sure where I saw this and I can't reference it, but um, that the, the date for the fall of the Roman empire is 476 that that gets cemented in the historiography as the date for the fall of the Roman empire, because under Justinian, it is used as an excuse for why Justinian's army should go back to Italy and devastate it in order to reclaim it for the empire. So here's sort of the prediction that is actually most terrifying is some other part of the American empire decides to restore the American empire. That's when we're really in trouble. <laughs> Because then they're going to say, mm. oh, yes, the American Empire actually fell in 2016 and we're, you know, therefore, you know, we have to go back and restore it. Good luck with that. Didn't work for Justinian either. But then he got hit by a plague. So. <clears throat> <laughs> um, the, the horror of being so, a historian is you have too many examples in your head all at the same time and they're jostling for attention. Yeah. Um, mm. it, it's It's very hard when you're living through the period to see what the markers are going to be for the future looking back on it mm. it's like in your own life right it's like when was that significant thing and the thing is the thing you may experience is significant at the time may or may not turn out to be the thing that actually defines your entire character i yes. it, it is going to be interesting as we watch in the next year and several years what things start to become clearer for us that were significant which we didn't understand 
and and, mm. and and you know that's been happening for me a lot in the last few years obviously it's like suddenly oh that's why that was important oh i you know i was dumb not to see that mm. but most of the time people at the time you can have some awareness of a feel of what's going on but the the the, the you know the throwaway wisdom that you don't write history until it's like at least 50 years in the past is actually helpful because it's saying we don't actually know what matters most at the time. The big crisis thing that everybody thought was the most important thing that had ever happened is totally forgotten in, in a few years. Mm. And this other thing that nobody was paying attention to is suddenly seen to be more significant. It, it's perilous making predictions because you never know whether you're projecting off of something that's immediate and, and gripping or whether you're p mm. picking up on an actual long-term trend that has teeth. And also all of that, that you know, I, I, I get so sick of, well, if things continue as this, it'll be there. It's like nothing goes in a straight line. Stop it. Mm. <laughs> if trends continue, yeah, yeah if, if, if trends continue at, you know, up to the way, you know, it was getting darker and darker and darker until last week, it, we'd be completely dark. <laughs> and guess what it's getting lighter now. it's going to be summer mm. eventually and if trends continue we'd burn up in the sun no wait it's gonna you know it's like <laughs> stop trying to project linear seasons yes linear seasons yeah when probably you haven't taken every all all, all of the uh, elements of the system into account mm. That's wise advice. And read more history, which we are going to continue to do in Draco Chemicus. In the Mosaic yes. Arc, we will afflict you with history as we <laughs> as we read and barely digest it before we talk to you about it. And then go you go read the book. Yes. <laughs> Should we plug the uh plug the website so everyone can have a look? I think we should. You, you think you think we can? How about this for a prediction? Can we get better at promoting our own work in twenty twenty four? Next year, we'll actually tell people to subscribe, and then we might actually have enough money to mail the books. No, we'll figure that. We'll figure yeah. that out before. Yeah. Um, yes. So, if you've enjoyed the witty conversation and the 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 possibility to like get us to say your name on camera. Um, subscribe to Unauthorized TV um, with the Logos mm -hmm. and History subscription because that one helps our channel the most and and you know helps us pay for our actual human artists, which is which is a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, if you go to our website dragoncommonroom.com, you can see our ongoing, growing list of references and bibliography because we're always reading more and always trying to put more of the pieces into the mosaic that we are charting for you in our explorations here um, we have many books for sale through our links in our shop um, you can buy them at amazon you can buy them at barnes and noble um, some of our books are available in local bookstores which will help you support saint john cantius church and church militant we're, we're still we're still praying for church militant that they can survive the uh collapse of their um reputation right now <laughs> michael mm -hmm. boris play pray for everyone involved there they've helped us a lot um they've been selling aurora borealis and we've had some help from them in editing and, and publishing um if i remembered everything 
sign up to the newsletter sign up to the newsletter and yeah. you'll get we we just had a very successful coloring competition um some beautiful beautiful yes. entries of all ages uh, and and um yes. it's w wonderful seeing colleen's pictures in color rainbow colors there were lots of mm -hmm. rainbow colors they're very very beautiful we should be having more competitions over the next year but we got to figure out some of these logistical problems of of shipping and um collecting addresses right did someone pointing out to me yes. if you're, you know if you're running competitions and you suddenly can find people in their actual physical space that creates new problems for us living here merely in the yeah. internet <laughs> yes it does <laughs> yeah we had things we haven't considered before that we need to con you know it's like pirates show up on mm -hmm. your doorstep you may or may not want us <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. if you can find us online, <laughs> please subscribe to unauthorized TV, uh, dot TV. Please join our newsletter. Check out all of our wonderful merch. We have puzzles and uh, paperweights and a lamp. I want someone to buy the lamp, right? The City of Light lamp. Yes. Oh, and Casey says, um, if you're a backer of our Kickstarter and haven't sent your address, please give us your address so we can send you the things once we figure out how to charge everybody. Send yeah. us gold anyway, and then we can make more art. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, now that we've learned the source of the mining and, and the stuff, we, we may just have to go for straight alchemy here. We're not sure whether we're, we're comfortable with this anymore. <laughs> Human relations that enable us to make more art. That's what we're really, you know, we, we yes. definitely want to cultivate those. Yes, absolutely. So... Well, we will see you next time in the new year after one, two, three, one, two, three, next Sunday night. Mm -hmm. um, and we're very grateful to everyone who's joined us in our journey this year in 2023. And um, no matter what happens, our Lord Jesus Christ loves us. Mm. We have a redeemer. We are not in debt to him. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us. Now, if I can play the outro correctly, right? It's like, do I have any tech skills left? <laughs> <laughs> <Good> night, <everyone. laughs>